Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to our daily devotions today. I am Basara A, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm so happy to be with all of you this wonderful Saturday morning. Now, as we get started, we're going to be opening in prayer, and we've got some exciting things to talk about today, so let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning, and we thank you, Father, for the provision that you have put and given to us, Lord God, during this time, that, Lord, you are blessing the work of our hands, that you're giving us ideas and opportunities, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness, and we pray and ask, Lord God, that you continue, Lord God, to be faithful. You continue to help provide. You continue to help us, Lord God. Lord, we pray, help heal our land. Help heal, Lord God, our country. We pray for wisdom and strength, Lord God, for our government, our frontliners as they're making important decisions, Lord God. And Lord, we pray for our family members, for ourselves. Lord, let sickness and disease be far, far, far from our household, Lord, and keep us healthy and strong. Lord, we thank you for strength that will come and will flow from you. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we said, we do have some exciting announcements. Now that we are going to be able to have 10% occupancy in all of our campuses coming up next weekend, we're getting ready to book some services. So we need your help. 10% is pretty small compared to what we're used to being able to fill our auditoriums with. At main campus, we're looking at only being able to put 800 people. In south and east, about 140, and in north campus, about 70 people. So we need your help. We need to know what services are you planning on attending? Would you like us to add more services on Sunday? Would you like us to add more services on Saturday? Would you like us to have weeknight services in the campuses? What is it you would like? What is it that would help you and your family? How can you let us know this? Please text your district pastor or your campus pastor, because we would love to hear from you as we're making these important decisions about how to best take care of you. Amen? All right, this morning we are going to be getting into Psalms 91, and we're going to be heading all the way to Lawag to hear from a couple of sisters. Let's go. Hello, COP family. I am Pailachina Domingo. I'm Karil Bianca Domingo, and we're from COP Lawag branch. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night nor the arrow that flies by there. Nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. 
He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I love it. Not only are they saying Psalms 91, they're in matching Psalms 91 shirts. How awesome is that? Thank you, Domingo sisters, all the way from Lawag. We appreciated that this morning. Now, this morning, we want to get into a beautiful time of worship before we hear some testimonies and dig into the word. So let's open up our hearts and have some worship. You are the 
Amen. Now, one of the things I love about being one church in many different locations is we get to pull encouraging testimonies from literally all over the world. So right now, we want to head over to COP Hawaii to hear a great testimony about God's provision of work in this time. Hello, COP from COP Hawaii. My sister here, Sister Emmy. God's been doing some great things, even in the pandemic, hey? Mm -hmm. You want to tell them what's going on? Amen, I will. <laughs> okay, God has been so good to me these past few days during these pandemic times. We have been affected in the company. There has been so much furloughs right now going on in the whole uh, Salvation Army, but thank God Amen. he has spared me. Amen. And I'm one of those 50 employees at the Croc Center that stayed <laughs> in Jesus' name because I said, Lord, you are you are you have been so good. I'm a faithful tither Amen. and you will bless me, you will take care of me. Amen. Lord, I know that you have hedged me with your protection. Yes. Yes. Lord, you have provided so much thank for me Lord. and my family, and everything is just so awesome. Praise so I'm God. continuing to believe that yes. God. Yes. We'll see us through this Amen. pandemic. Amen. And I know it's going to end soon. Amen. And I praise the Lord God Almighty Amen. because He's been so really good. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We love you, Amen. COP. God bless you. It is always great to see our COP family that we have all over the world. And it is such an encouraging testimony from our sister. Now we're going to be getting into our New Testament reading this morning. So grab your Bibles. Let's open up to Acts chapter 20. We're going to be starting in verse 1. Now something about your Bibles. As you are picking a Bible and choosing a Bible that you have and that you're going to use for your devotions, there's some important things you want to note and some important things you want to remember. Getting a Bible for your devotions, you don't want one of those teeny tiny little Bibles. You're not going to be able to write things, mark things up, or anything like that. You're going to want to have a Bible that has enough space. Now, in my Bible, I don't know if you're going to be able to see, I've got a complete full blank page to be able to put notes, put comments, put questions, mark principles, cross-reference, so that as I'm going through and reading my Bible, I'm going to be able to see and go back and track and add more to it. So when you're thinking about a Bible, think about getting one that's got an extra blank page or some extra wide margins for you to put your comments, your questions, your notes, and not just micro-write in all the little spaces that you have around the words to the point that you can't understand what it says later on when you go back to read. And like we said last week, you want to have some good quality pens and a good little ruler with you. So now let's start Acts 20, starting in verse 1. After the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, and after encouraging them, because that's what he's doing here, he said farewell and departed for Macedonia. When he had gone through the regions and had given them much encouragement he came to greece there he spent three months and when a plot was made against him by the jews as he was about to set sail for syria he decided to return to macedonia sometimes problems come up in our plans Life is not consistent. Life is not straight like that. There's ups and there's downs. And here we see a problem coming up for Paul. And we need to understand 
that sometimes when we're going through life, our plans are going to need to be adjusted and changed due to problems that are going to come up. We need to be willing to adjust or else we are going to get hurt. So there's an important thing for us to note there. Sopatar and Berean, son of Phyrus, accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, Aristiochus and Secudinus and Gaius and Derby and Timothy and the Essenes, Tychius and Trophimus. Good names if you want to name one of your sons. These went on ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. But we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread. And in five days we came to them at Troas, where we stayed for seven days. On the first day of the week, when you see that, think Sunday, first day of the week, Sunday, we were gathered together to break bread. Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. Now, here in verse 7, we see it's important for us to go to church. It's important for us to not neglect having our time together. We go, we gather, we have fellowship. It is very important. Now, we also see here he prolonged his speech until midnight. Kind of makes me think of another pastor I know. Hmm. There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered, and a young man named Euclidus, sitting in a window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still stronger. And being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Now, in the beginning of this passage in this verse, we see that there were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. An important thing for us to realize is church is a place full of light, spiritually and literally. It should be a place well lit because we're coming and we are children of the light. And then we see this young man who's sitting there listening to the word and he falls asleep. And in his deep sleep, he falls out of the window. Verse 10, but Paul went down and bent over him. And in taking him in his arms, do not be alarmed for life is in him. And when Paul had gone up and broken bread and eaten, he covered them a long while until daybreak and so departed. Now, this is a long time fellowship Paul is having with these guys. An important thing happened. Someone got healed. Someone fell asleep and fell out a window, but someone got healed. People had fellowship together. They broke bread together, literally and spiritually. They had time together. This is an important thing. They gathered and talked about the word and had teaching and had understanding. There is life that is experienced here in fellowship. And it is so important for us to realize we need fellowship. We need to do life together as a body of Christ. We need experience with each other. We need time with each other. Whether that's a short time, a long time, it is important to have that time. In verse 12, and they took the youth away live and were not a little comforted. Verse 13, but going ahead to the ship, we set sail for Asus, intending to take Paul abroad there, for he had arranged intending himself to go by land. 
And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came the following day opposite of Chios. The next day we touched at Samos, and the day after that we went to Melitus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia. For he was hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. So we see here that Paul is in a hurry, but we're going to see in our following days, Paul talking to some Ephesian leaders. So we see again, some things adjust and some things change. And when we're doing things from God and for God, we're going to have plans. We're going to have things laid out in our mind, but ultimately we need to follow. We need to obey. We need to go with what God is wanting. Last Saturday, we talked about the importance of understanding and obeying that sometimes God says no, and it might be no forever. It might be no for not yet. And sometimes God might guide us and tell us to go in a different direction instead of saying, not this, do this. And we just need to trust and follow and obey. And that's something we see regularly in the life of Paul, that he comes to a time and he comes into a life of just obeying the direction that God desires for him and trusting God. And when that happens, the right doors open. People's lives get touched. People's lives get changed. People's lives get encouraged. And we also see he really stresses the importance of fellowship together. Now, before we get into the New Testament, we'd like to have one more song of praise and worship this morning. So let's open up our hearts and let's worship. There is no place I'd rather be than to be here with you. Entering your gates, O oh God, by giving thanks to you. Giving my heart, my time, my love to the one who gave his all. And I know that you dance over me as I sing to you this song. So let this love song be a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let these words bring a smile, O oh God, as I pour out my heart to you. Let this love song be a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let these words bring a smile, O oh God, as I pour out my heart to you. Upon your majesty oh, in adoration oh, of you. Of you. you are the one who first loved me, so to you I, I give my all. And I know that you are singing with me as I sing to you this song. So let this love song be. 
a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let these words bring a smile, O God, as I pour out my heart to you. Let this love song be a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let these words bring a smile, O oh God, as I pour out my heart to you. Let this love song be a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let these words bring a smile, O oh God, as I pour out my heart to you. Let this love song be a fragrant sacrifice to you. Let this words bring a smile, O oh God, as I pour out my heart to you. As I pour out my heart to you. All right, now we're going to be opening up our Bibles to our Old Testament passage for today. Let's go to First Chronicles, and we're going to start in chapter 21, and we're going to go through all of chapter 21 and chapter 22 this morning. Now, it starts in verse 1. It says, Then Satan stood against Israel and enticed David to number Israel. How does Satan hurt people? It's simple. He hurts people by tempting the leader. Because if you can strike the shepherd, the people, the sheep will scatter. If you can hurt the leader, distract the leader, move the leader out of the way, it gives opportunity to control the people, to hurt the people, to manipulate the people. And so we see here Satan coming at this time to tempt this leader and we remember and need to remember that temptation will come in our lives, but our response is important. If we hold on to the word, that is important. As we remember the plans and the promises of God and not listen to that voice, but listen to the word, that's very important. So Satan stood against Israel and enticed David to number Israel. So David said to Joab, the commander of the army, go, number Israel. From Beersheba to Dan and bring me a report that I may know their number. But Joab said, May the Lord add to his people a hundred times as many as they are. And are they not, my Lord, the king, all of them, my Lord's servants? Why then should my Lord inquire this? Why should it be a cause of guilt for Israel? Here we see a warning. Here we see a red flag. We see someone asking questions. And it's important for us to note red flags come as an opportunity for us to save ourselves from a bad decision that we're making, from a bad decision that could potentially hurt us or hurt people or hurt important decisions that we're making in life. But David wasn't okay with this warning. David didn't listen to this red flag. Verse 4, but the king's word prevailed against Joab. So Joab departed and went throughout all of Israel and came back to Jerusalem. As a leader, we see here 
we make important decisions and we carry a lot of weight on our shoulders as leaders. But as a leader, we also need to be careful. We need to be very cautious, not just because you have power or you have authority should you do or make actions or decrees or plans, but you need to be very cautious about the plans that you're making, the decrees and orders that you are making, the decisions that you are choosing in life, because they are not just going to hurt you, but they're going to hurt all the people that you are leading, all the people that you are responsible for. Verse five, and when Joab gave the sum of the numbering of the people to David in all of Israel, there were 1,100,000 men who drew the sword and in Judah, 470,000 who drew the sword, but he did not include Levi and Benjamin in the number bearing for the king's command was abhorrent to Joab. But verse seven, God was displeased with this thing. And he struck Israel. And David said to God, I have sinned greatly in that I have done this thing. But now, please take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have acted very foolishly. These were very evil orders that David gave. He listened to a voice he shouldn't have listened and made a decision based on that voice. And because of that, consequence is falling on the nation of Israel. But David says, Lord, I'm responsible. Lord, it's my fault. An important leadership principle, leaders take responsibility. Leaders take responsibility for actions and for decisions that they make. And it's important for us to see here that David says, for I have acted foolishly. He's not pushing the blame on someone else or on something else or the devil made me do it. He said, for I have acted very foolishly. Verse nine. And the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, saying, go and say to David, thus says the Lord, three things I offer you. Choose one of them that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, thus says the Lord, choose what you will either three years of famine or three years of devastation by your foes while the sword of your enemies overtake you, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, pestilence of the land, with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout the territory. Now decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to God, I am in great distress Let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into the hand of men. So the Lord sent a pestilence on the land, and 70,000 men of Israel fell, all because of one bad decision. And God sent the angel to Jerusalem to destroy it. But as he was about to destroy it, the Lord saw, and he relented from the calamity and said to the angel who was working destruction, it is enough. Now stay your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. Now here we see an important thing. Our decisions as leaders, these decisions that we make, don't just hurt ourselves. 
but they hurt the people we're handling, the people we are in charge of. Here, because of a decision that David made, 70,000 men died. And that doesn't just end there. You think about their families. You think about what consequence that had over the land, over provision, over all these things because of one decision that came from temptation. In verse 16, And David lifted his eyes and saw the angel of the Lord standing between earth and heaven. The angel of the Lord, who would that be? That would be Jesus. And in his hand, a drawn sword stretched out over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell upon their faces. Here we see God opening the eyes of David so he could see what was happening in the realm. And David said to God, Was it not I who gave command to number the people? It is I who have sinned and done great evil. But these sheep, what have they done? Please let your hand, O Lord, my God, be against me and against my father's house. But do not let the plague be on your people. Now, the angel of the Lord, Jesus, had commanded Gad to say to David that David should go up and raise an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. So David went up at Gad's word which he had spoken in the name of the Lord. Now Ornan was threshing wheat. He turned and saw the angel and his four sons who were with him and hid him themselves. As David came to Ornan, Ornan looked and saw David and went out of the threshing floor and paid homage to David with his face to the ground. And David said to Ornan, Give me the site of the threshing floor that I may build an altar to the Lord. Give it to me at its full price, that the plague may be averted from the people. But Ornan said to David, Take it, and let my lord the king do what seems good to him. See, I give the oxen for burnt offerings and the threshing sledges, for the wood and wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. But David said to Ornan, Here's an important principle. No, but I will buy them for the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours, not nor burnt offering that cost me nothing. An important principle here of giving is when we give, we give from ourselves. We don't give from something that is just we take from someone and give it or something that was just given to us and we give it. We give out of something that is sacrificial, which we will see again in a few verses. But here's a principle of giving. We need to give from what we have worked for, from what we have bought. So David paid Ornan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the site. And David built there an altar and presented burnt and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And the Lord answered him. He answered him with fire from heaven upon the altar of the burnt offerings. Then the Lord commanded the angel, and he put his sword back in his sheath. At the time when David saw that the Lord had answered him at the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite, he sacrificed there. For the tabernacle of the Lord, 
which Moses had made in the wilderness and the altar of burnt offerings were at that time in a high place in Gibeon. Remember, chapter 16, verse 39, there's a separation here. The ark is separate from this place, but now we see fire has come down. This is like how it was when they are wandering and walking in the wilderness. So now we've got this happening. And back in verse 30, but David would not go before it to inquire of God, for he was afraid of the sword of the angel of the Lord. He was afraid because of the decisions that he had made. What other consequences might there be? Chapter 22, then David said, here shall be the house of the Lord God and the altar of burnt offering for Israel. Now we see an important decision being made. We come and see that we are at the time where we're going to unite the ark and the altar. David prepares for temple building. Verse 2, David commands to gather together the resident aliens who were in the land of Israel. He set stone cutters to prepare dress stones for the building of the house of God. David also provided great quantities of iron for nails and for the doors and for the gates and the clamps, as well as bronze quantities beyond weighing and cedar timbers without number for the Sidians and Tyrians brought great quantities of cedar to David. For David said, Solomon, my son is young and inexperienced and the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent of fame and glory throughout all the lands. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. We see several important principles here. We see number one, David is preparing and setting things up for the next generation. He understands and realizes that his son is young. He's inexperienced that he can't raise all these big offerings yet. He's not known. But David is in a situation, David is in a place that he can raise the funds. He can raise the funds from the people, from what he has as well, from things that were given to him. And so they come and they gather and they sacrifice huge amounts of iron, of wood, of all of these things to prepare for the building of the house. But this new leader coming up, Solomon, he's not able to do that yet. But David understands he can implement all of these things, but I need to help him prepare. That David realizes Solomon has a lot to learn, but I will help him out. So he says, I will therefore make preparations for it. So David provided materials in great quantity before his death. Again, sacrificial giving. Then he called for Solomon, his son, and charged him to build the house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my heart to build the house in the name of the Lord, my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and have waged great wars. You shall not build a house in my name because you have shed so much blood before me on earth. But a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all of his surrounding enemies. 
a description we see here for Solomon is a man of rest, and that is a nice and important thing. For his name shall be Solomon, and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. Now, it's important for there to be time of work and sacrifice and sowing, but there's also a time and a season that people need a time of rest, a time of quiet, a time of harvest, a time of building up what they've worked for. And that's what's happening here. That's what's being prepared for here. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son, and I will be his father, and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. So God is explaining for David and Solomon to understand, my people need rest. My people need rest too. It's not just the land that needs rest, but my people need it. In verse 11, now my son, the Lord be with you so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God as he has spoken to you. An important principle here. For us to see success coming into our life, for us to see our, what our hands touch to have success and to do well, we need the presence of God. It says, may the Lord be with you so that you may succeed. We need his presence. We need God to be with us every day of our life that we may be successful in whatever our hands touch, that we may be guided and follow the direction of the Lord. We all need the presence of God to move forward in life. Verse 12, only may the Lord grant you direction and understanding that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord is command that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. Important thing here. Obedience is necessary. Oftentimes we come and we get to hear instructions, we get to hear direction, we get to hear and have something put in our heart, but you need that obedience. It says again, may the Lord grant you direction and understanding that when the Lord of Israel charge you, you keep the law of the Lord, you obey the law, the promises, the direction, the plans of the Lord. You obey his word. You follow his principles. You apply them in your life. You apply them in the decisions that you make. That is so important to have the presence of God and to have the obedience to the word of the Lord, to the plans of the Lord. In chapter 14, with great pains, I have provided for the house of Israel, for the house of the Lord, 100,000 talents of gold a million talents of silver and bronze and iron beyond weighing. For there is so much of it, timber and stone too I have provided. To these you must add. Again, we see sacrificial giving. It's, he said, with great pains I have provided for the house of the Lord. There was great sacrifice that happened. 
a great sacrificial offering that set up this next generation. And we know from reading our Bibles how the generation to follow had such prosperity and such wealth because of sacrificial giving and good direction from a following king. And David challenges his son, to these you must add. You have an abundance of workmen, stonecutters, masons, carpenters, and all kinds of craftsmen without number, skilled in working, gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Arise and work. The Lord will be with you. David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you peace on every side? For he has delivered the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord his people. Here he challenges all the leaders, the leaders who have worked with him, the leaders who have worked alongside King David and says, help my son, help Solomon. You helped me. Don't let it end with me. Don't let it end with you helping me as king. You help the next king. You help the young and upcoming. You help the young with your experience and your leadership. Now, young people, Sometimes it's hard for us to realize that we need help. Sometimes we think we know it all. We figured it out. We know how the things work now. These weren't around in our parents or our grandparents or our bosses' times. And yes, there are wonderful things that we know and we're skilled at and that we understand. But we need to also realize, young people, we need help. And we are so blessed if we have leaders and commanders that are around us to give us guidance, to give us help, to give us direction, people who have done it before to help us make sure that we don't fail. So don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to receive help. That is good for us to learn. It is good for us to apply from people who have done it before, from wise, wise, successful people who understand these principles, who have this knowledge and have this experience. So young people, please accept help. It is important. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord. Verse 19, the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary for the Lord your God so that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, the holy vessels of God, may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord. Now, there's two important principles in these last couple of verses. It's important for us to set two things in our life. Number one, we set our mind. And number two, we set our heart. So we see we need the presence of God. We need obedience to his word, obedience to his plans, obedience to this, obedience to the directions that he gives us. But besides that, we need to set our mind and set our heart on a path that is determined to follow and obey God, that is determined to follow and obey the unfolding of the word, the principles, the directions, the messages that we get to hear from him. 
So let's summarize some of the important principles we learned today. We see some important leadership principles. We see that there's consequences for decisions that we make and that leaders have those consequences that are going to fall upon them. The decisions leaders make don't just affect them, but they affect the people that they take care of. Consequences are going to come. We see that it's very important to train up the next generation, to train up the next round, to help them prepare and to have advisors to help them, to guide them, to teach them that we need to have good leaders in place to help teach and train the next generation, the next up and coming. We also see very clearly here that it is important that we are going to have the presence of God in our lives, in all that we do, that we are going to have obedience to God, to his word, that we need to set our mind and set our heart upon him. And we also saw from the New Testament today a continual stress and importance on fellowship, on coming together, on church, wherever you are, that when it's Sunday, you go to God's house, you have fellowship with other believers. We see this importance that wherever we are, we do church I hope you learned some things this morning as we got into our devotions and we spent some time digging up scripture. Now, before we close in prayer, I just want to remind everyone what we started talking about this morning. We are so excited that we get to have 10% of our church operations back to normal for services. 10% is wonderful. We at least get to see each other's faces with a mask on and get to come and have some fellowship together in God's house. Now, this is what we need from you. As pastors, we want to do whatever it takes to help take care of you and to help make sure that you can come and be a part of God's house. Even if we have our normal operations, well, not normal, 10%, but we get to have services back again. Don't forget, we're still going to be having our car service Saturday morning, especially for the seniors and for those with medical conditions, because we never want to forget you. We always want to take care of you. But for those of you who are going to be able to be part of our services in our campuses, we need your help. In main campus, we can put 800 people in the auditorium. In east and south, we can put about 140 and in north, about 70. So that means we're going to have to really plan carefully how many services are we going to need. So this is what we need from you. Please make sure you get in touch with your district pastor or your campus pastor and let them know what services would you like to attend so we can plan to add more services on Saturday or more services on Sunday. Or if you would like us to have weeknight services that you go after work before coming home. Whatever it is you would like, we'd love to hear from you so that we can organize and plan to best take care of you. So we'll have announcements coming in the next few days about what our service schedule will look like. But please, 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 we need your help. Please let us hear from you about what would be best for you and for your family. And we'll see what other announcements come out from our government over the next few days. And we'll be happy to help work out whatever needs you guys have to help best take care of you. So now this morning, before we go, let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word, which teaches us and gives us understanding. Lord, we thank you 
and pray that you help us apply these words and these principles, Lord, to our heart and to our life. Lord, we see and understand that there are consequences to decisions that are made, that there's consequences to giving in to temptation. Lord, we know that temptation is going to come, but help us, Father, to stand firm. Help us, Lord God, to hold on to you, your word and your promises, Lord. Lord, for the young people, Lord, I pray for all of us that we help, Lord God, and realize that we need help, that as we help take care of others, as we help serve, let us realize we need help, that we can be taught wonderful and important things from the leaders that are around us, from people who have been doing life and doing church and ministry for a long time, that we can learn important things from them, that we don't have to do it the hard way, but that you are going to put great leaders and great pastors and great workers in place, Lord God, to help teach us and to help train us so that we can learn these things now at a young age. Lord, we pray, help us, Lord God, to keep our mind focused on you, on obeying you, on realizing the importance of your presence. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we are going to be able to have fellowship in this next couple of weeks together, Lord. Lord, we so look forward to having fellowship together as a body of Christ. Help us, Lord, that we will be able to take care of the people, that we will be able to come and have great time of worship and the unfolding of the word together, Lord God, that we will get to do life together again. Lord, we thank you for your hand. We thank you for healing, Lord God, which will flow. We thank you for your hand of protection, Lord God, over your sons and your daughters. And Lord, we pray that sickness and disease be far from our households. Lord, for the people who are coming into some hard lockdowns over the next couple days, Lord, give them peace, Lord God, at home. Let them feel safe and secure, Lord God. Let them have their provisions and their all the things that they're needing met, Lord. We thank you that you are the God of more than enough. And Lord, as we go today, we pray that these words from you these principles from your word stay in our heart and that we will apply them in our life, that we will see success and prosperity come into our life, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic weekend. We look forward to seeing you this weekend in our drive-in services. And we still do have some slots open for Sunday. So if you'd like to come and be a part, make sure you book your slot now. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you face-to-face next weekend. Take care and God bless.